So my dad passed away in 2015. We weren't talking and it took a month for his family to track me down. Before I ever knew he was gone, I started hearing from him in heaven. It consumed me. How is communication with the other side even possible? I left my corporate gig, studied with spiritual teachers on every coast, and worked with my angels to figure out the answers. Today, my mission is teaching you how to raise your vibration, shift your thoughts, trust your intuition, develop your unique spiritual gifts, and connect with your loved ones and angels on the other side. Friends, when you have these tools, life really does become heaven on earth. Hello, beautiful souls. Today, we are here with Annie M. Henderson. She is a coming out coach for the LGBTQ plus community and families struggling with their child coming out. Families who might need some guidance along the way. Annie grew up a people pleaser, not coming out of the closet until she was in her late 20s. She now has a partner of nine years and a 13-year-old daughter and lives in Texas. She is also an EFT practitioner who helps her clients get faster shifts in their lives. Annie enjoys helping women break free from people-pleasing, anger, and overwhelm to have more peace and happiness in their lives. Today, we're going to talk about all of this. We're also going to be talking about the role of spirituality and religion and how we can do a better job of being more inclusive for the LGBT community. So Annie, welcome to the show. Thank you so, so much for giving us your time. And, and just being present with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm always excited to talk about this stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, and you know, it's it's just wildly fascinating, right? Because when we started the podcast a year and a half ago, we called it Angels and Awakening. And awakening can so mean that spiritual side of us and getting into high vibration and recognizing our oneness with all that is. But 2020 has really brought through this powerful message of awakening can also be diving into your true authentic self and allowing all that is within you to be free and to be open and to feel how wonderful it is to be fully embraced and accepted as who you truly are. Yes, you say that so well. Oh, <laughs> I love it. You. <laughs> you can end it right there. <laughs> Just put that on repeat. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. Well, you know, and this has been my problem my whole life, right? We are people pleasers and yes. we are taught that. And, you know, I do not have all of this down yet, but I have been taking courses to try and learn more uh, over you know, the last 16 weeks. And one of the things that we've been diving into is how are people pleasing and how our need to be productive all the time is integrated into this form of capitalism, right? That we right. swim within and live within. And I'm not saying that capitalism is wrong. I think that we could make some tweaks that could make it a lot better, but we have to 
Listen, nothing happens. Nobody's going to come from the top down and make things better for us. We have to step up, take responsibility of our lives and stop the people pleasing, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. They, they love up above. They love the people pleasing. Give it up. <laughs> it yeah. works out for them, right? Totally. Totally. Unless, but I've, I have noticed a shift in like local. I live in a smaller town, local small business owners. Some of them are really wising up and knowing that, you know, people pleasing might momentarily be beneficial, but in the long run, they're going to be burnt out. They're not going to be happy. They're not going to be as productive as if they were healthy and making these productive shifts. So let's talk about this and let's start with your story because you are, let's say, a former people pleaser. And yes, I'm recovering. Recovering. That's <laughs> Occasionally it'll rear its ugly head, but yes, <laughs> yes recovering. That's our humanness. That's okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, So talk to us about your story. How did you kind of, because in order to awaken from anything, we have to first see that we were sleeping before, right? And we weren't aware of our people pleasing. So how did this present in your life? So I, oh gosh. So are you familiar with Untamed? Have you read that yet? I I think I have it in my Audible lineup, but I don't think Glenn skip it, skip Glenn it to the, Doyle Gl- like- Glennon Doyle. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. So it, it's greatness. It's greatness. Everyone should read it. Skip it to the head of the top of your list. So she somewhere in there talked about how when her partner Abby um, asked her parents for you know her hand in marriage. Uh, her mom talked about how, oh gosh, and now I'm going to forget, but she talked about how, you know, she hadn't seen her that alive and happy and because she had lost herself somewhere like around age 10. So, and that's probably where, you know, people pleasing and a lot of this stuff where the outside comes in and starts to influence us. So looking back when I was younger, I was, you know, I didn't really have a lot of drama. I was an athlete. I just enjoyed playing all the sports, had fun with my brothers. And then, you know, probably somewhere around middle school or high school, right? Things start to shift and people pleasing starts to happen. You know, your parents want you to act a certain way out in public or dress a certain way. And you're like, oh, (laughs) and then, you know what? I think also around I say dating age, but that can be different, right? Depending on the parent. But around eighth and ninth grade, when I started dating, I would just, I was just saying yes to whoever asked. It would be whatever guy was like, hey, do you want to go on a date or do you want to be, be my girlfriend? And I'd just say yes, yes. So I was just constantly with someone. Eventually I would get the nerve to to break up, but then I would just say yes to the next person. And then I ended up getting married at 19. (laughs) I ended up not going away to college because I was people pleasing. And I, yeah, I just got stuck in that rut. And I uh, was a really good people pleaser. I could be friends and I could stay married. We stayed married for seven years and it wasn't like it was bad. I could get along with anybody. So seven years, I had my daughter at 26 
And then finally around that time, I was like, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think this is the way it's going to go. I like, I could stick it out until she's graduates like a lot of families do, but is this what I want her to learn from me? And that was like a big shift with, for me was, okay, what do I want to teach my daughter? How do I want her to kind of grow up? And that helped me with that shift and making that decision. But does that mean that people pleasing was over? Of course not. <laughs> right. So then I, I came out and that still wasn't it. Cause then I hopped into a toxic relationship, right? Just because people come out doesn't mean everything's magically <laughs> rainbows and butterflies. Uh, so I hopped into a toxic relationship. It was horrible. I was still trying to people please. I was still trying to make that person happy and whole. And it wasn't until I was 30. So I always joke that I was been a people pleaser for three decades before I actually did just some major work on myself. Happy holidays, friends. If you are looking for the perfect gift for yourself or for a loved one, Check out our Go At Your Own Pace e-courses. There's the Manifestation e-course, High Vibration e-course, or the Angel Communication e-course where you get to learn more about your personal angels. There's also the group talk course, The Angel Reiki School, that's online and helps you to develop your spiritual gifts. Friends, you could also book a session or buy a gift card. Just purchase any one of these online, print your receipt, and wrap. Friends, from my family to yours, happy holidays. That's incredible. That's incredible. So much of what you say completely resonates with me. You know, I was on the phone with a family member recently, and I was kind of just laughingly, jokingly saying, whatever... I like at Target for my daughter to wear, I go, nope, pick the exact opposite. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'll go, what would I not buy her? This is what I need to get. I love Um, it. How old is your daughter? She's nine. She's nine. Yes. And even before COVID, she, she probably wouldn't appreciate me saying this on here, so I might Probably shouldn't say it, but (laughs) I just love who she is authentically herself. And they do at her school like a daddy-daughter dance every year. And there's a store in our local mall that just makes me like gush. It's little girl big dresses. (laughs) Uh And every time I pass it, I'm like, oh, I just want to get her into one of these cute little dresses. And she came up to me this summer and she goes, mom, if there's a daddy-daughter dance, can I wear a suit this year? And I said, absolutely, you can. We will find Oh, beautiful. I know. But for her to be thinking about it, you know, like months and months and months in advance, I knew that that was something that's really important to her. Yeah. It must've been weighing on her, right? Yes. Yeah. And so many times as parents, we like, you know, blow off little things that we think are like small and little, but that's like so important to them. Yeah. So it's, it is challenging as a parent, especially on those days where you're like so busy and you have to step back and you have to say, this isn't me. This is them. What do they want? Okay. How do I support them? Yes. Yeah. Cause we get, we get our own decisions, right? We get to dress ourselves. (laughs) Yes. Yes. 
Yeah. So I want to talk about what it was the experience like for you to come out? Because one of the things that 2020 has really been my teacher in as well is that we have a lot of very deep-seated vibrations within us. And when something isn't our normal day-to-day, it can feel overwhelming. It can feel unfamiliar and it can feel scary, you know, and there were times when I came out to different family members where I didn't want to have that conversation and it just felt like I felt shaky, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's not that I was wrong. It wasn't that what I was saying wasn't accurate. It was just that I had never said it before and, and how to get the words to come out of my mouth was a struggle for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, I was, I was totally there. I, uh, <laughs> I did not put myself in that situation. I was, still, I was definitely a completely different person back then. And I'm so impressed with kids these days and their courageousness and all of that with coming out now. But I, I believe I was like texted my brother and my aunt. <laughs> I needed like a buffer where... I was still safe and protected. Uh, my mom, I wrote snail mail, so it would even buy me some extra time. <laughs> and then some people I just never came out to. Yeah. They, you know, I don't feel like everyone deserves, you know, a formal <laughs> application and a formal coming out. And with my dad's side of the family, it's a big family. And some people I'm closer to, some people, you know, I only see at those occasions or, or talk to. And at some point, I just started taking her with us for like family functions. And luckily, Sam's adorable. Everyone loves her. <laughs> I always joke that they probably like her a little more than, than me because she's just, she's so fun. But, you know, my grandma, she just passed away this year at the age of 99. So amazing, beautiful life. But she got to know Sam for almost nine years. And she just would hug her and love on her just as much as everyone else. And it was just so beautiful. But we never actually said, grandma, (laughs) Yeah, we are lesbians together. (laughs) She didn't need that, right? And that's it's so interesting. And I love, you know, seeing it pop up where people are like, why do, why do gay people have to come out? Like, it's not, it's not a requirement for straight people. Why, why do we have this where they have to do it? And for some people, right. They love doing it. It's a great experience and memories. And some people are like, I'd rather not, (laughs) I'd rather not. And that's okay. I think both are okay. That's so perfect. I'm glad that you said that because it allows people to, when they're comfortable talking to somebody, to say it. And if you're not, you don't have to put yourself in that position. Right. Don't feel guilty about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's so that. many people that have their own secrets, right? <laughs> Especially we see people's social media presence and that's how mm-hmm. they're portraying themselves. And sometimes it's one-sided. Yeah. But yeah, just sharing, like you said, check, check with your vibration and your energy. And if someone's giving off that loving, accepting vibe, and that's what I did. I reached out to the people that I knew like 99.9% would love me and accept me no matter what. 
those are my first go-to. So I could, you know, have all the good feelings and feel that support. Yeah. And then others, I just stalled out on. Then <laughs> they figured yeah. it out eventually. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. I love that so much. So you work with families, but do you also work with individuals who come out later in life? Yes. Yes, I do. And a lot of times they were people pleasers, right? (laughs) I'm finding that correlation. There's a a lot of people pleasers and that's, you know, and that's a lot of it. And part of it, you know, when we were growing up, it just wasn't okay. And it was scary. And all the churches or most of the churches were very strict on what it is. And I find that with families who I'm kind of trying to reach out to now, kids are coming out younger and younger and the families, the parents still have a little bit of that uncomfortableness and hesitation because of how they were raised. Mm-hmm. And maybe they were, had some internalized homophobia or that's just what they heard in church. So being able to help families. So one of my clients, her daughter came out and she was you know, they kind of struggled with it as well, but then they were going to also have to kind of come out to the grandparents. So there's this whole coming out process, not just for the LGBTQ plus community, but the families as well, because now, you know, if they have coworkers and they, everyone talks, they're going to say, oh, how are the kids? (laughs) And in my head, I always had this and I'm still not 100% positive, but I like wonder about my own mom because I got a lot of people pleasing from her. And I'm like, I wonder when someone asks her like, oh, how are the kids? I wonder if she's just like, oh yeah, Annie and Scarlett, Scarlett's in volleyball, like, you know, kind of distract Scarlett's in volleyball. Annie got these master's degrees and like highlights and not anything that might make someone uncomfortable. I'm still not exactly sure how that is, but I, I threw in this life coaching. So I, I had at one point three master's degrees and I took them all down and now I'm a life coach. And I think my mom's struggling with that as well. She's like, I don't know what you do. And I'm like, yes, you do. I told you, (laughs) but it's not like, I don't know. I think there's just some uncomfortableness that the older generation, we have to kind of help them through sometimes. I'm only laughing because I got the exact same thing with my mom. Um, (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Well, and it's so fascinating. There's so many pieces to dive into. I mean, there's this piece of looking back at our own childhoods and thinking like, wow, we really didn't question anything. We went along with everything. Yes. Yes. The domestication. Have Have you read the four agreements before? Oh yeah. I read that when I was 19. Yes. That's like a, that's a yearly read. I have all my clients read that, but yes, the four agreements when it talks about the domestication and how we were domesticated and this is how you act. And even, you know, going into school, this is how you do the pledge of allegiance. You don't know what any of that stuff means, but just do this and say this. I love my daughter's school because they talk a lot about how school was formatted to produce factory workers that just did what they were told. And they went through this whole history of that's still the system that we have today. So they have this whole new curriculum that they're using in the elementary school to really create strategic thinkers and thinkers who think. Where is this school? I know. It's in Wheaton, Illinois. She just goes, it's a public school, but just the best school. And 
it's amazing because we all have to get to that place. But the way that spirit, you know, is kind of showing me this as it applies to when we come out and really just as we are parenting our own children is if we don't go back to our childhood and question the different things that we people pleased or just went along with as kids, teens, young adults, we are still holding those vibrations and those reactions to different situations within us. And our kids will see that within us and then Mm -hmm. take that and run with it. So the generation that is coming up now when they come to us and say, mommy, I want to wear a suit. I don't want to wear that dress. You know, maybe we have to think through before this happens, you know, and say, if my child comes to me and says this, this is how I want to act and maybe practicing it because so (laughs) much of it is like muscle memory. Right. And, and so if we think about it and we imagine like practicing it, rehearsing it within our minds, Whenever that day comes, we can love and we can present with joy and we can just be so excited that somebody else wants to be their authentic, true self and we can lift them up in that. Yes. Oh, that gave me all the tingles. Thank you. Oh, yay. Yeah, that's so amazing. And I'm sure people that are listening are like, I wish I had that when I was, when I came out, right? Or that we could have come out as our authentic self so much, so much earlier. That would have been amazing. But yeah, role playing so important. You know what? Before 2020, I had no idea that there were people like you doing this work, like that you can go pay to take courses and you can pay to work with a coach to help you understand. Because I just came out this year, really just a couple months ago. Wow. um, Yeah. Congratulations. Welcome to the family. Well, but there's so many questions that I have, you know, like because I came out as bi and I do like both sexes, do I have privilege in that I am married to a man and I don't have, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I, and I can, I can really, even though I'm an L, even though I'm a lesbian, I still, I have a daughter. I was married at what, like my partner and I both look pretty femme enough to where if we if we go so oh okay I have a quick story can I tell it yeah it's pretty funny so I was teaching a women's group at at our church which I think it's incredible that they are affirming enough in this small town that sure we we know all about you you can teach this class we you know want everyone to participate anyway it was uh, a dinner beforehand and we were sitting at this table with these cute old ladies (laughs) And I walked away for a little bit and Sam, my partner was sitting there eating. I came back and apparently they had asked Sam, like one of them was like, Oh, I've got a, I've got a son I can set you up with. And I was like, (laughs) and now like, we don't get offended. We just crack up laughing. I'm like, yes, you should give give that number. (laughs) It's just so funny. But so, yeah, I understand what you're saying about kind of privilege of if we needed to, we can pass. We don't get bullied. We don't get comments. Is that what you were 
we were saying? Yeah, yeah, that if you are cisgender, you know, that that you have this privilege of, yeah, because I am seen out with a man that I'm not getting those those comments and I don't right. have to deal with, you know, the energy of that and what that feels like on a daily basis. So I feel like as the B, you sometimes feel like, but I don't fit in 100% still. Do you know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Can I tell you a secret too? Yes, please do. Uh, I don't know if it'll be a secret after this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure some other people feel that way out there, but totally. I just really assumed that everybody was kind of bi and that we were all just keeping it a secret. Like, (laughs) like everybody really just likes one sex. Like, I never really believed that that was true. That's so funny. Well, yeah. And it's definitely like a spectrum, right? Some people are a little bit, some are a lot, some maybe just have so much internalized homophobia that they think it's negative, but they're actually somewhere on there. It's like the people that run the um, conversion therapy camps and then come out as gay later. Oh my God. So gross and so disgusting. I know it just kills me, which I want to get to too, because we grew up in a time where you know, I stepped away from the church because I didn't like when my two cousins came out, how they were treated. And I didn't like what was said. And I didn't like that the church really didn't create this supporting, lifting environment for them. And really a a supportive environment, inclusivity for all people. So I stepped away because my morals, my values, my integrity did not align with the churches that I was going to. But then this problem becomes, I think a lot of people in my generation did the same thing. The problem becomes then where do you get your spirituality and where do you find your spirituality? And spirit saying it's really not a problem. I think it opened up this whole wave of more yoga and more (coughs) meditation and more energy healing and just more going into ourselves and realizing that you don't truly need church to be able to connect with God and you don't need church to fill you up in that spiritual way. I would still love to see church like the Pope came out, I think a couple of weeks ago and said, he came out, not came out, came out, but um, he went on to the patio and said, God loves all people. You need to love all people too. All of our LGBTQ plus brothers, sisters, everybody needs to be loved. Step in the right direction, but man, we've still got a far way to go, right? Yes, because I remember sharing stuff that the Pope has said, like, I want to say years ago now, because I was raised Catholic. I still have some Catholic family that's, that are still like, love the sinner, hate the sin. And I'm like, I don't think that's what they're saying. No. <laughs> I think you're still confused. <laughs> but that's, a yes, such a great point. And this is what I want people to know too. I'm so sorry, but it's so important. Like there is no sin. I mean, we are all just love and we don't really have any gender even on the other side. We're just love energy. And so gender is something that we created and sexual identity is something that is man-made terms that are here on earth. We're just love. 
Yes. And so I just want, because I have had so many people email in that said, Julie, you know, I feel so guilty that mm-hmm. I like the same sex. And I just want everybody to hear and feel and absorb within them that there is nothing wrong with this whatsoever. That's right. That's right. And I, I remember um, when I was still married, about to get a divorce, and I've, I've never been a huge, have had like a huge prayer life. Like I would, it was very formulaic, right? I grew up Catholic, so I said the ones, all the ones I learned, but it was never like a close connection. But I remember going outside and we were kind of in the country. So it was stars and everything and, and praying, you know, if this is wrong, like strike me dead, let me know something. And instead I just had this overwhelming peace. And it was, it was beautiful. And what I came to realize is that religion kind of puts God in this teeny tiny box of what we can actually comprehend. Like God says this and God does this. And it was just like a man-made version of God, but it's so much bigger and so much more loving. And it just shows how limited our thinking can be and how confused we can get. And I, I forget, I can't reference where I got this from, but they were saying, you know, when you decided to leave the church, you didn't leave, you weren't leaving God, you and God left together and you left church. It's not like you separated yourself. You didn't choose God or myself. You and God <laughs> chose yourself and you left behind that church that was a little off and a little confused. Wow. Not a cool way to think of it. That's the most divine. Yes. Yes. (laughs) What is your church like now? Because I don't have this and you even live in a small town. I live in a big town. There should be something like this around here. There is. What is it like? Oh, I'm sure that there is. It's wonderful because for the longest we would drive to Dallas because that was the closest, biggest city. And it was kind of hard to keep up. (laughs) Because <laughs> it was like an hour, you know, both ways. It was just like a basically a day long. It was a day trip. And it was hard to be consistent with. And I remember Sam had reached out and called to different places locally to see if we could go. And, you know, she'd be up front and say, well, well, this is our situation. And, you know, some would be like, you can come, but, you know, you can't participate. It's not okay. And we're like, that's, no, that's not really what we wanted. And it's funny because I think she even called the church we go to now. And I think he was, he must have had calls previously where people would call and ask that, but it was more like a setup where they wanted to argue and be like, you're not good. You're not right. So he was even hesitant to talk about it over the phone. But one of our, uh, one of Sam's friends invited us to this church. So it's uh, First Methodist Church, and I've never been to a Methodist church. So there's the main campus, and then there's a kind of a offshoot, like a secondary time, you know, an early time, uh, and it's called Mosaic, which is a beautiful name just by itself, right? Made up of all these different people and pieces. And we came in, and I know there was, I think there was already another couple like us that went there. So we knew it was supposed to be safe and we were just so welcomed. We were 
they memorized our names right away. So it was just like, even that I'm a, I'm a words of affirmation person. So when someone, you know, takes time to know my name and like when it was commun- time for communion, they would say it. And then even with communion, they would say like, this is God's table. Even if you're an atheist, you can come if you're anything. And so recently something that I'm most excited about is besides letting me teach classes uh, we've served communion before. We were welcomed into the church, all of that. I spoke with one of my pastors about just this need in the community. So we developed a an LGBT and allies Facebook group that, you know, I was like, is that okay? Like, can y'all actually be involved? And I think they were even okay with, you know, putting their branding or their name kind of with it. And it's an awesome group. There's people technically all over the world because we have some people over in London that are in the group and it's not all Christian. There's some atheists because of course, many LGBTQ plus have been burned by religion yes. and they've stepped away because it's either hurt themselves or hurt their family. And they're like, no. So it's just a beautiful place and it's, it's open and welcome to everyone. And People have gone in and shared their stories and some are, you know, beautiful stories and some are just filled with pain and heartache. And, you know, the pastor will jump in and share her thoughts and her views that, you know, God is the one that made you and God loves you and just like no doubt at all. It's just so beautiful. And I'd never, ever heard that before. So it's just so exciting to hear that. And of course, have you heard of Nadia Bowles-Weber? No, who's that? Ooh, you will, I, I think she might be a Lutheran minister. I don't know if she still is, but she's like tatted up. She, and she's very blunt. She'll talk about like sassy Jesus, and <laughs> it's just oh, I love her already. Yes, she's <laughs> she's really incredible. So yeah, everyone, oh, look we up. See if we Nadia can get her on the show, yes, Weber. Maybe she might be too too big high up there, but. Yeah. You should just go for it anyway. That would okay. be so exciting. And then tell her, Annie, Annie pointed you in that direction. <laughs> oh, I totally will. Um, you share the link with us so that in the show notes, we can allow people to join that Facebook group. The group, yes, especially. And, and what I also like it for is that, you know, great for LGBTQ plus community, but also if you have your parents or you know some parents where their child has come out and they're struggling, especially with this religious piece, they can come in and talk to a pastor. Sometimes I feel like straight people need a straight pastor (laughs) to say, this is okay. You may love your child. (laughs) And then they're like, okay. And I feel like that will really help release some of that guilt and just make it so much better. Well, yeah. And I think that comes back to, and I haven't studied this, so don't take my my word for verbatim, but I think there was a different messaging maybe when our parents went to church totally. than when we did that like they more so believed in this heaven hell type of theory and like your soul is damned if, if you yeah. do all of this. And, and that's um, still around. Definitely. Yeah. And there Except is, my church. <laughs> yay. I love that. Well, and here's what they show me on the other side. It's not like we can just go around like murdering, you know, and, and not think that there aren't going to be consequences, but there are things that different entities made out to be sins that aren't sins. And being mm-hmm. part of the LGBT community is part of that. That's not a sin whatsoever. 
it's not that they're we're able to go around though when it does come to like like murder and all of that type of stuff it gets washed away everybody ends up going to the same place we have to work through our karma this is what they show me on the other side it it all comes down to us just being love to one another mm-hmm. and when we choose from our being to not be love to another person what we do is we go through this life review on the other side before we can kind of leave from earth get into the other side. We won't even call it heaven because I don't think it has a real name to it. We have to go through this karmic review process. And that's not us sitting and watching our lives in a movie theater. That's us hopping into the bodies and feeling from the minds and the bodies of other people how we cause them harm. Mm. And when we wash that away, that's the washing away of our karma. We don't have to come and do this over and over and over again. Spirit says, wouldn't that be funny? You know, we wouldn't teach you what you did, you know, what, what your mistakes were and how you <laughs> but we're just going to put you in another, oh, lifetime, in another lifetime until you figure it out on your own. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. We absorb the pain that we cause others. That's how we release our karma. Mm, I like that. I've never heard it said that way. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yes. So talk to me because this is icky, gross, and all of those yucky things, but conversion. And for those who don't know what this means, it means that there are people within the religious communities that try and tell people within the LGBT community that that it's not real to be a lesbian or it's not real to be gay. So they try and work it out of you. And again, yucky, gross, but it does happen. This is still happening in this day and age. Yeah. Pray, pray away the gay. That's what I, think they that used to, I think that used to be a slogan. Yes. Yeah. It's so, so damaging and traumatic. And oh gosh, I don't remember lost boy or boy lost. There was a a movie recently, I think with Russell Crowe and Nicole Kidman uh, about a true story about putting their son into conversion therapy. And I think in that story, one of the kids ends up committing suicide. And finally, you know, I think the mom gets him out. And the dad might've been a preacher or something, but they get him out. And then I think, you know, this is based off a true story. Years later, the guy that was running it all, he came out as gay. And I think he's now living as a gay man and just, ah, but so many lives, like you said, the karma that he's impacted because he wasn't, he didn't feel allowed to live his truth. Like imagine what must have been said to him to where he had shifted into this kind of person that ran a conversion therapy. You know what I mean? Like, so it, there's just so many layers and so much trauma behind this thinking that people are damaged and broken and and they're and they're going to go to hell and yeah if you put that into someone's head they're going to say what you want and they're going to try as best they can for as long as they can until maybe they self-harm or they just lie to themselves it's, it's so sad. It's so sad. So when these conversion like camps are going on, 
Are the children under age? Are they over 18? Do they have any say whatsoever? Um, I think there's some older ones. And now I think they've, I think now they call it like reparative therapy. Like, I think there's some actual therapists that are like, no, this is like, this is different. I I still don't think that's good. I still don't think that's good. But like based off of that movie, it was kids. So like their parents put them in there. Mm. Their parents put them in there and then they like stay there for weeks. So it's almost like, you know, like a camp, like a camp of torture where you're continually told you're sinning and you're doing these bad things. And if you do them, you're going to go to hell over and over again. And, you know, they're rewiring their brains, they're rewiring their brains to try and kick this out of them, which it cannot because it's innately who and what they truly are. Right. And I don't remember the year, but right. The DSM-4, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Therapists and Psychologists, years, decades ago said, this is not something that needs to be fixed. Yes. Yes. So I think most people listening to the podcast right now are totally on board with us, right? But there are still things that we are witnessing within our communities, right? Where other people don't think the same way that we do. And so when you see a friend or, you know, the, the other problem that 2020 has presented to me is the joking, right? Like the jokes have to stop because spirit was showing me this question that I wanted to ask you, but there's so many different parts that we can see. So we can want to love all people and we want to support and lift up all people, but then you're just there in a situation where like a loved one makes a joke and it feels uncomfortable to say, we don't do that anymore. Like we don't. And I think that some people are so old school in their mentality. They don't know what else to joke about. And it's like, you have to get some new material. <laughs> please. Yes, this please. is out. Like, can we just knock this off already? How do you teach people? How do you encourage people to step up in their strength and say, we don't use those words anymore. We don't say that anymore. Or to a friend, you know, who's who's treating their son or daughter who's coming out as if they're bad or something. How do you stand up to all that's out there? Yeah. So um, I I have a, a, a podcast called Coming Out Loved and Supported and I just recorded this yesterday and I was talking about how to be a better ally and even, you know, even ourselves, how can we encourage others? And because yeah, like the jokes, I was really impressed with my daughter. It wasn't LGBT themed, but it was a joke her dad made and she called him out on it. It was, she was like, you're racist. (laughs) And of course he was like, what? No, because there's, yeah. You know, it's, I, I remember during the Black Lives Matter, like the marches, all of that there, I saw at some point there was a spectrum. So it's old school is I'm racist. I'm not racist. Well, most people will say I'm not. Right. <laughs> but it's a spectrum of, am I anti-racist or am I KKK racist? Usually it's somewhere in the middle. Like, okay, oh, so I still make a joke. 
Explain to people who don't understand, because I couldn't even say the word racist this summer, and I couldn't even say the word black. So, you know, what does anti-racist mean? Because we're all just kind of smiling and nodding our heads (laughs) and being like, what the fuck does she mean by that? Because I don't know. So anti-racist, explain that. I will explain it to the best of my ability, because that is not my expertise as well, but it's kind of like an ally for LGBT as well, right? So it's almost like, you know, homophobic or an ally, someone who's anti-homophobic, who's actually doing something about it. That's my version of it. So instead of just saying, oh, you know, this isn't right, or, you know, casually mentioning it or having the idea in your head, it's going out and if, if there's a march or if there is, you know, someone to call or actually doing something. So taking action instead of just having these thoughts in your head. Because when I was a school counselor, I would teach this lesson to the kids about being an upstander or a bystander. And a bystander is just someone who stands by. So like if you imagine (laughs) the typical fight on TV shows where it's like a ring of people around the two people fighting (laughs) and the bystanders are there and they're watching, they're not necessarily cheering or encouraging either side, but their silence means the bully thinks they're on their side because they're, they're here, they're watching it, they're witnessing it, but they're not saying anything to stop it. They're not helping any way. And then the same with the victim. The victim looks out and sees all these people that could be helping, could be doing something, and they're not. So they're going to assume they're with the bully as well, even though that's like we would be horrified if that's what someone thought, right? Well, totally. That's the side. I think most of the bystanders, there's a couple of things that are happening. One, I think that there is this element of just complete shock when something like that happens or when somebody makes a joke or when somebody like cracks a racist statement at the family party. And, and most of us are those bystanders and we go inward and we say, but we're not racist. But we're not homophobic. So we're exactly. Okay. exactly. And when we do that, we're bypassing the person's feelings who was hurt. And so in order to not be a bystander anymore, what I've gathered, and you can tell me that I'm right or wrong, is that we have to do our own work on this. Like we can't just go to our LGBT friends or our black black friends and be like, okay, let's have dinner. Just like tell me everything. No, like <laughs> pay for a course or get in the Facebook group and read the books and watch the videos. And what I've learned too is that if you are not LGBT, you cannot teach about it because you don't know from that authentic place. And if you are not black, you cannot teach about being anti-racist because you have not lived that. So go to the teacher's who are LGBT, who are black. And the way to become anti-racist and support the LGBT community is by learning how to stand up and not be a bystander anymore. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. What, what are you doing? Because just like uh, reading a great book, right? We have the knowledge but unless we apply it, <laughs> right, we can consume. We're great consumers. We consume podcasts. We consume all of this knowledge. 
but if we don't actually use it, then it's what's, what's it doing? What's the worth? Well, and so I think a lot of people too think like, okay, well, what are my options to help? Like I can get out there and protest, but I don't want to get COVID and I don't want to get arrested. There are other things that you can do. You can learn about these different issues so that you can smile at somebody, so that you can have a conversation with somebody, so that you can see them in their humanness and just love them and support them without any judgment. And, you know, I've, I've found that my teacher, because I've taken this class, Dismantling Your White Privilege nice. with Louise from the That's Not How This Works. Uh, I'm still in it. But you know, one of the things that she says is instead of saying to that person kind of being mean and taking on the same energy of that person who's saying something racist or anti-LGBTQ, you can question them, Right. And I think that she says sometimes, who hurt you? (laughs) Mm. you? And she said that totally, you know, instead of coming across at the dinner table or at the party and saying something that makes the other party turn away from you and not hear you, asking the question. Yes. Yeah. Because so many times we get enraged and we attack back and then that doesn't, that that just... (laughs) That just kind of reinforces their beliefs about the other side anyway. I recently started shifting and it's funny because it's always like a family member. Like my, my Facebook group is super supportive to where I can talk freely about supporting LGBT and all of that. And then occasionally I'll get like a old Catholic family member that'll be like, you need to read your Bible. And I'm like, oh gosh. (laughs) And I'll try to kind of, usually someone else will jump in and be like, and attack that person. I'm like, oh, but I, you know, when it comes down to like talking about hell, I've, I've had several people that will say like, well, I'll, I'll see you there. I'll see you in hell. And instead I'm like, uh, I'll give you a hug in heaven when we're both there. <laughs> That's my new little shift. Wow. And then they're like, I hope so. I'm like, all right. And then it just kind of takes the, well, we're both going to go down then. Let's not go there. Let's just, I'll see you in the good place. Oh my gosh. You totally will. There is no bad place. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, Annie, I want people to know where they can find you. So if they wanted to take one of your courses, if they want to listen to your website, if they want to work with you, where can they go to find more of Annie? Sure, sure. Uh, Well, thanks again for having me. I'm so excited. I love your energy and vibe. I'm like, we could just keep this going for another few hours. So to find me uh, on Facebook, which I mostly just share stuff from my personal page. It's just Annie M. Henderson. Same for my website, AnnieMHenderson.com. I'm Life Coach Annie in some other places. I'm on TikTok. That's kind of fun. I don't know if, if for anybody who's like questioning TikTok, if you go in and you like the right sort of stuff, it'll filter out. So it'll show you mostly just the good stuff. There's tons of life coaches on there. There's therapists. It's a, it can be a place where you learn a lot of good stuff. Oh, that's so fantastic. That's so fantastic. (laughs) Oh, Annie, we're going to put all of these links in the show notes so that people can easily find them, click on them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. 
Friends, if you'd like to hear from your angels and loved ones on the other side, book a one-on-one session via phone, FaceTime, or Zoom. You can also work with me one-on-one when you register to take the Angel Reiki School online to develop and use your own unique spiritual gifts. If you're just looking to be able to connect with your own personal angels, the Angel Communication online course will teach you how to hear, feel, and connect with your personal angels more clearly. Friends, if you get benefit from this podcast, please subscribe, rate us five stars, and ask a friend to listen. Don't forget to look in the show notes to see the winner of this month's free drawing. You're entered into the drawing when you write a five-star positive review and email it over to us so that we know how to contact you when you win. Now, if you have time, I want you to pause and do some energy work with me for a moment to lighten, clear, and reset your own energy. To start, I want you to take two deep breaths. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Friends, as I walk you through this, I want you to use your imagination as an energy tool. Friends, your imagination isn't something that's not real. Your imagination is what every human being uses to create physical reality. How does a painter know what to paint? How does a sculptor know what to sculpt? How does a writer know what to write? They see it all within their mind, within the imagination, before it flows through them and is created within physical reality. Friends, I want you to start by seeing yourself surrounded by thousands of angels. These are all angels that work directly for God and they circle around you. They have this light, airy, warm, yummy presence to them. And my friends, they are simply pure love and they radiate their love from their being to yours. I want you to take a moment to just breathe deeply in and out as you see and feel the presence of all of these angels surrounding you, sending their love and light energy to you. Friends, next, I want you to see yourself surrounded by your loved ones on the other side. Your angels haven't gone anywhere. They're still right there, but now steps in your loved ones on the other side. Greet them. Welcome them. Take a moment within your imagination to give them the biggest hug and kiss.
Friends, as we do this healing work together, I want you to see that every single being that is surrounding you is just surrounding you because they are connected to God and they want to help you as a soul here on earth to lift your energy, to make it lighter, to take any heaviness out of your aura, chakras, and body. In order for them to help you with this, what I want you to do is voice to them. See yourself in your imagination telling your angels, your loved ones on the other side, God energy of course is there too. Tell them what you are afraid of. I want you to be specific and explain your fears to them now. Now friends, I want you to see your loved ones and angels on the other side comforting you, holding you, wiping away your tears. I want you to see them telling you that you're going to be okay. Your family is going to be okay. I want you to see them showing you in their way from the other side that they are there helping you every step of the way and that they will never, ever leave your side. Friends, I want you to see or feel God energy, this pure, white, radiant light pouring down from above over you. And as you feel this pure love and light, this gentle waterfall just pouring over your head, filling your body, filling your auric field to the outside of you, filling every inch of your being around you. I want you to feel that as this light energy comes in, the highest vibration that is as it gently pours into your being, I want you to feel how all the heaviness within you just releases. With the snap of your finger, God takes every ounce of heavy, low vibrational energy within you. And with that snap of the finger, God turns all of it into the highest vibration, love, light, energy. Friends, I want you to imagine within your imagination, your DNA strand. Now, the way that spirit shows me the DNA and what it looks like is if you could imagine that double helix and that within that double helix are millions or billions of doors and windows. And those doors and windows open and close. And as they do, some serve your highest health and good 
some do not. What I want you to do is say this prayer with me. My friends, this energy work does not have to take a lot of time. You're going to hear me say, use the snap of your fingers because within that snap of the fingers, your intention shifts the energy within your body. So you can say it, but please believe it. Know like you know like you know within your heart that you are changing the energy, the frequency within you to be pure, complete health. So say this little prayer with me now. God, please close all the doors and windows to my DNA that don't serve my highest health. With a snap of your fingers, see those doors and windows close. And God, please open all the doors and windows to my DNA that do serve my highest health. See those doors and windows open with a snap of your fingers. What I want you to do now is see yourself healthier than ever come September of this year. Daydream, visualize about what that health looks like and feels like to you within your body come September of this year. Take a moment to do this work right now and I'll come back to you with my voice in one minute. Friends, I want you to believe like you believe like you believe that you, your family, your friends, you are protected. You are safe. You are secure. Your angels are looking out for you. God is looking out for you. Your loved ones are looking out for you. See yourself as healthier than ever come September of this year. Now I want you to pray with me for a moment for everyone else. God Please protect our nurses, doctors, and all healthcare professionals around the world. God, may you give each of them strength and protect them. God, please also protect all people who work in grocery stores, food service, or delivery. God, may you give each of them the strength and protection that they need. For all people who are suffering from COVID-19 themselves, God, may you take care of them and heal all who are able to be healed. Surround them with your divine protection. Surround them with angels and help every cell within their body to become completely 100% healthy again. God, for every person who has lost a job or had their income reduced, please clearly show them the path to healing, safety, security, Whisper to them in their hearts the direction that you would have them go. God, for every child on this planet, 
please help them to receive the attention, love, nurturing, and care that they so desperately need. God, please surround them with angels and allow them to feel the divine presence of your love and warmth. For those filled with hatred, God, we ask you to transmute that hate within their hearts into love energy, and we ask you to open up their hearts to make shifts and positive changes to help them raise their vibration. And everyone who is helping with the COVID-19 effort or response in some way, God, please be with each person who needs your strength. Clearly guide them and protect them with whatever they need at this time. Friends, finally, I want you to visualize Thanksgiving of this year. I want you to take a moment of silence to experience this daydream within your mind. See every single family member and friend and loved one there at the dinner table. See them happy, healthy. Feel the gratitude of this Thanksgiving beyond any other Thanksgiving in the past. Gratitude for being all together. Gratitude for all being healthy. Gratitude for the lessons learned. Gratitude for the relationships that grew deeper and the love that is between you all. Again, my friends, see your spirit team on the other side telling you that you are going to be okay. See them helping you. My friends, God loves you. Your spirit team loves you. I love you. Open up your heart like French doors to all of the unexpected blessings that they're trying to bring into your life right now. May you go forth with your day feeling lighter, and living in the high vibration that is God. Go forth in your day, surrounded by angels and your spirit team on the other side protecting you. Allow yourself to just be. Allow yourself to live in the high vibrational frequency that is God and carry it with you throughout your day. Friends, I have to have a disclaimer at the end. This podcast is to educate, inspire, and entertain you on your personal journey towards health and happiness. It is not intended to replace care best provided by qualified professionals, and it is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.